because as we think about spiritual well-being this morning, I, I want to ask you, are you predominantly living your life outside in or inside out? Are you living your life outside in or inside out? You know, companies spend billions and billions of pounds to try to get us all to live our lives outside in. Mm. What, what they say to us is if, if you have the right stuff going for you on the outside, then you'll feel better on the inside. That if you look good on the outside, if you have the right job on the outside, the right relationship, if you have the perfect house or the right amount of money on the outside, then you'll feel better mm. on the inside. And the problem with outside in living is it over promises and it under delivers. Because what you discover is that when you get those things in place, when that list is ticked off, it sometimes still doesn't satisfy. It just doesn't do it. There's still something missing. There's like a thirst that's not been quenched. Like it's great to have a nice car. A new car, and you like um, uh, my my father-in-law. If you're watching, Stephen, uh, good to see you. Like he's he's mm. he's just got a car, yeah. and it's great. And we know that he'll be pleased with that. But mm. but Stephen knows, like we know, that the happiness of getting a new car, a much-needed new car, is not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bring the deep-seated joy that actually we're longing for. The joy that can carry us through the toughest times, like times like now, where we need something deeper than happiness, but a deep joy. And that's the problem with outside in living, because when we live our lives outside in, whatever's going outside shapes how we feel inside. We are shaped by the state of our circumstances. Mm. So just over a week ago, uh, my youngest son, Dan, moved back home to be with us. And uh, Friday week ago, I hired a van and, uh, and I was just about to go out and uh, drive over to Buckingham where he was and get the van loaded up and bring him back. And just as I was about to go, like Amy says to me, um, our, our TV unit our, is not connected to the Internet. And I was thinking to myself, this is this is not difficult. I'm a clever guy. I can fix this. <laughs> and so, uh, so I said, it's no problem. I can fix this. I've got a few minutes. <laughs> but it did not take me a few minutes. And uh, Amy will tell you that the atmosphere in the room, it changed <laughs> because it proved to be more difficult. And I found emotions of frustration and anger and disappointment kind of rising up in me. And then not only that, but then I felt frustrated and annoyed at myself that this external situation had caused such a strong inner reaction in me. It reminded me that there's more inner health that's needed mm. and the perils of outside in living. But you see, when we live our lives inside out, then actually it's what's going on inside of us that affects how we feel. We're not so mm -hmm. shaped by our circumstances, we're shaped by the state of our soul. Or maybe this much deeper thing, our spirit, something deeper within us. So how can we be spiritually healthy? How can we healthily live an inside out kind of life? 
And it's as we think about that, we turn to these offensive words. Did you spot them earlier when I read them in John chapter 15? There's a lot of provocative things that Jesus says in this passage. But I want to draw your attention to just seven words that Jesus says in verse five of John chapter 15. Did you see them? He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. By the way, the the New Testament is originally written in the Greek language and the Greek word for nothing means nothing. (laughs) It literally means nothing. Like Jesus is bold enough and provocative enough and offensive enough to our pride to say, you can do nothing without me. Like how could Jesus possibly say this? He's saying that we are utterly dependent upon him, whether you believe in him or not. And and when Jesus is saying that we are utterly dependent on him, remember that in the whole of this story, which is told in those first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus makes it very clear that he doesn't just claim to be any man, a good teacher. He's claiming to be God, Mm. God who has broken into human history to show us what God is like revealed in Jesus. So when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying to you and I, whether you believe in it or not, you can do nothing without God. And of course, for some of us, maybe you're watching this today and you might think, well, actually, no, I, I really can. I I am doing perfectly fine without God. I'm getting on with my life. I, I, I speak to people a lot of the time who say that good people who just reflect, actually, you know, I'm, I just, you know, it's nice that you believe this, but actually I don't need God. But respectfully and thoughtfully, Jesus would disagree and say, actually, you're wrong. And the reason, even one big reason that he would say that we're wrong is, is the fact that we live in this amazing planet called earth I, I don't know if you saw the fact that this week nasa launched its its uh its mars rover and it landed uh, on mars and what they're doing they're searching for life now listen unless mars is on a bigger lockdown than we are there's there's nothing like the kind of life that we have in this planet maybe there is some life on mars but it's nothing like the earth the earth as far as we are aware in the universe today is this incredible unique place in which we have the perfect conditions that life needs to thrive and in the story of the bible that has not happened by accident that we are here living and breathing and moving and and breakdancing in this <laughs> moment because God made it so. We are utterly dependent on him. Without him, we can do nothing. Mm, right. In fact, in, in a book of the Bible called Acts, there's a story told of a guy called Paul who uh, was anti-Jesus and then he met Jesus and then he became pro-Jesus. And, and he was talking to a group of Greek philosophers and in Acts chapter 17 to these very intellectual academic Greek thinkers, he speaks to them about their spirituality in life. And he says, guys, In this Jesus, in this God, you live and breathe and and move and have your being. You cannot exist without him, which, of course, we can find that really offensive today. That Jesus comes to us and saying, actually, no, you are utterly dependent on me. That Jesus is saying that he, that God is the true source of life and health for all of us. 
And to illustrate this, in the passage we read in John 15, Jesus uses this metaphor, this symbolism of a grapevine. Now, don't like, do you love a grape? Do you love a grape? We like a grape, but we love a glass of wine. A nice Rioja. We love a Rioja or something like that. We love love a, a glass of wine in moderation. Course. Always in moderation, but we love a glass of wine. We we love a grape and we love a crushed grape even more. <laughs> oh, I could crush a grape. I'm moving on. And and what Jesus is saying in, in this metaphor is in the same way that branches in a vineyard receive their life and sustenance from being connected into the vine. Jesus is saying that we receive our life and sustenance from him. He is the true source of life. And actually notice that word he says. He says he is the true vine, the true grapevine. It's a Greek word, alethinos. And it literally means like for us, the real deal, the genuine article, the real McCoy. Accept no substitutes, not fake, not counterfeit. There are so many things in our world today that offer fake promises or counterfeit claims of the way that we can experience the life that we've all been longing for. And Jesus, not arrogantly, but simply factually cuts through all of that and says, no, I am your source of life. Mm. I am your very reason for existence. I'm what you're looking for. I'm the one who can help you live the inside out life that you were created for. The creator knows how the created can thrive, which kind of makes sense Mm. when you think about it. And so to help us understand this more, Jesus uses three Greek words in these 17 verses repeatedly to give us a bit of an insight into a healthy spiritual life that flows from the outside, from the inside out. And and the first repeated word he uses is this Greek word meno, which is reminding us that we need to be fully connected to Jesus. Yeah. That word meno is is what you'll see in in your Bible as maybe the word remain or the word abide, where Jesus is saying over and over again, remain in me, abide in me over and over again. You'll see that word. It appears over 12 times in these 17 verses that Jesus is saying, if you want life and health that flows inside out, then be fully connected into me. Stay close. Don't rely on full sources of life and power. Mm. Years and years ago in a previous job, um, I I got uh, a whole bunch of new mobile phones for my team. This is over 20 years ago. And uh, a few days after getting the phones, we were in a team meeting and and I said to all my team, "Um, how's everyone enjoying your phone? You enjoying your phone? And uh, one of my team members looked at me and said, well, actually, I'm, I'm really disappointed. And I said, like, why are you disappointed? He said, well, it doesn't work anymore. It's literally, it's completely dead. And so jokingly, I said, Well, like you have charged it up again, haven't you? And I could tell from the look on their face that for some reason they'd come to believe that this phone was fitted with an immortal eternal battery that never needed charging. You could see the penny suddenly drop that this thing was battery powered and it needed charging. Friends, can I respectfully say that what Jesus is saying is that some of us, we're living our lives on batteries. It's it's the battery of relationships or possessions or achievements. It's the battery of self-help. Like you fill in the blank. What's the battery that you're living? And of course, it helps a bit. 
batteries do work, but eventually they run out of power. The effect of them wears out and they just don't work anymore. Jesus comes to you and I today and he says, ditch the batteries and be fully connected into the source of life. The power that will never, ever run out. The power that keeps on coming, keeps on coming, keeps on changing, keeps on transforming and brings the health and the wholeness, the life that we've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to this second word that is repeated eight times in these 17 verses. And it's the Greek word karpos, and it means fruitful. Number one, we've talked about how Jesus is our, is our source of life and health. Two, therefore, we should be fully connected in, in to him. And as a result of that, Jesus says, number three, that we will therefore be naturally fruitful because that's what this word karpos means. It's fruit. It's fruit. And, and so what Jesus is saying is just like a, a vine branch, when it's plugged into a vine, cannot help but produce fruit. That when you are fully connected into Jesus, it, it, it is impossible for your life not to be, produce fruit and good fruit, healthy fruit. Like have you have you ever snuggled up to an apple tree and and heard the sound of it trying to produce an apple? Have you ever uh, shimmied up to a pear tree and, and listened to the branches of a pear tree gently trying to produce a pear? Of course you haven't, because it comes naturally. When, when the branch is connected into a healthy vine, then healthy fruit is naturally produced. Yeah. And I want to remind you, friends, this morning that Jesus is perfectly healthy. That's right. He is perfectly healthy healthy he's healthier than anyone on the planet he is perfectly healthy and when we fully connect into the healthy jesus the jesus who is god then we will become more healthy and that will produce fruit so like jesus is so perfectly healthy he's not battling with anxiety or worry or stress <coughs> he's not battling with addiction or jealousy or unforgiveness or bitterness Jesus is not battling with shame or guilt or any of those things. He is perfectly healthy. He is dazzlingly, radiantly healthy in joy, in peace, in patience, in goodness, in kindness, in faithfulness, in self-control, in grace, in mercy, in forgiveness, in, in bravery and courage and hope and creativity. Jesus is beautifully incredible in health in every single way. He is all these things. Because God is all these things. Yeah. And so when we are fully connected to him, the healthy vine, the God that we were created to be in relationship with him, then those things start to work for us inside out. Mm. Jesus says to us, like he says to his friends, do you remember that phrase that he uses? I'm your true source of life and hope. Be fully connected in me and then be naturally fruitful as my life flows into yours, bringing healing to your mind and your soul and your heart and your very being. Mm. And what's the result of that? Well, finally, the, the last repeated word, we will become overflowing with love. That word that you see appears over nine times. It's the word agape or varying forms of this word agape. And agape love, this word love, is this sacrificial, serving, 
other-centered, caring, compassionate, going the extra mile kind of love for other people. It's the kind of love that God has for us. And it's the kind of love that God invites us to have for other people. Mm. I want to ask you today, can you imagine what our world would be like today if people lived like that? Where everyone was not out for what they could get, but what they could give. Yes, good. If, if, if the whole world was like that, well, you know what? It would be like the world that God created. It would be like the world that God intended. And it would be like the world that God is restoring as we say yes to Jesus and fully come back to him. What is, I've been thinking about this this week, what is the true measure of spiritual health? What's the true measure of a healthy person? How do you and I know that we are growing in spiritual health? And actually, Jesus gives us the answer. He says simply, you are becoming more loving. Yeah. You're becoming more yeah. loving. You're becoming more loving towards God. You're becoming more loving to other people. You're becoming more loving to yourself because what this broken damaged world needs more than anything else is love is love this sacrificial other centered other person focused love because it is love that is the root of everything else love expresses itself in joy love expresses itself in kindness love expresses itself in patience in goodness love expresses itself in forgiveness it expresses itself in self-control and so it goes on what you and i need more than anything for ourselves for the world for creation is to be connected in to love what this world needs is for the love of God to flow in us and through us. And Jesus, the God who made us, the true vine, is the ultimate source of that love because God is love. It reminds me of a, a friend of mine who's a vicar and a couple of years ago, she put a, um, a, a something out on social media on Facebook about some research that had been done about healing and the miraculous. And it, it sparked quite a debate and, and one of her friends, who was obviously an atheist, definitely not a believer, um, got drawn into the to the communication and, and to the, the conversation that was happening on this Facebook. And, and my friend wrote this brilliant line where she said to him, look, you are loved beyond your wildest dreams by us and by God. That is all. And then he replied and he wrote this. I'll take the former, i.e. loved by you, but I'll wait for evidence of the latter. And then, and then she replied brilliantly. She said this, the evidence is the cross, my love. It's happened already. He died for you. He loves you. You know, that's what one of Jesus' closest disciples, a guy called John wrote in the twilight years of his life and on the island of Patmos where he, is, he was in exile for the rest of his life until he died. As he reflected on this Jesus, he said this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, Jesus, 
as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God is love. And the evidence of this love is that Jesus came to die on a cross, facing the full force of the consequences of our rejection of God, sin and suffering and struggle and even death itself. And he rose again because there is no greater power in the universe than the love of God. Even death has to be silenced in the face of this kind of love. And this kind of love, therefore, can restore us into relationship and help us live an inside-out life. Number one, with Jesus as our source. Two, as we fully connect into him. Three, allowing his natural fruitful life to flow healing to us. And four, that then we would be overflowing with love into the world. And, you know, as I come to finish now, this, is, this friends, is the journey of the rest of our lives. Like no fruit appears on a tree. Just like that. It takes time for the fruit to come. And as I was honest with you about the story of what happened as I was trying to fix a TVV unit just a week or so ago, like I've still got work to do. Jesus has still got work to do in my inner life. Earlier, even before we went live today, our tech failed. It wasn't working. And I could feel that rising anxiety. And in that moment, I remembered what happened a week ago. And I just prayed this silent prayer. God, help me to stay calm, help me to be peaceful. And I think it was where, different today. Where, where, where. And that's not because of me, but because when mm. I draw upon the source of life yes, and yeah. love and healing, when I say, even in the moment, God, help me to live an inside out life mm. where you would heal my soul and I live centered from the place of my soul, not outside in, but inside out. How do we do this in practice? Well, that's why we all need to be part of a well-being group this week. <laughs> yeah. That's why you should be reading the, the daily uh, wisdom that's coming, the daily devotions. Join a well-being group if you're not already, because this week we'll be looking <laughs> very practically about how we live this inside-out life. But let me finish one minute with, with, with one challenge and invitation. I want to invite every single one of us, whether you know Jesus or not, to make a daily commitment to start your day with an SOS to God, mm. to start your day with an SOS. In a sense, yes, save our souls, which is what that word means. But actually, I want to invite you to surrender, obey, and stay. Come on. I want to invite you to, to whatever you do at the start of your day, if you brush your teeth, get on, you know, get your clothes on, whatever you do, something that you do every single morning and stack a brand new habit before or after it. Yeah. And in that habit, take two or three minutes, maybe a little longer, and surrender. Say something, pray something like this. Lord Jesus, mm. I'm utterly dependent on you. I, I surrender my life afresh. Forgive me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Mm. Form good fruit and health in me. Be the center so I live my life inside out. Yeah. Jesus out. Surrender. Mm. And then obey. Like every day, expect the Holy Spirit to give you those nudges. Like even this morning, Matt, Calm down. Mm. Calm down. Mm. Allow the peace of God. I, 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 I knew I had a choice in that moment to say, am I going to let this stuff get on top of me and affect the atmosphere in the, in the room with my wife like I did the other week? Or am, am I going to say, no, I'm going to cooperate with God. I'm going to make a better choice. Mm. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to be kind. I'm going to choose to be generous. I'm going to choose to do something that maybe I don't want to do <laughs> in my brokenness but I'm choosing Jesus' way because when I cooperate with Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and brings that life and health and then stay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that choice every day. 
I'm going to stay. I'm going to stick with it. I'll stick with it. And I, and I, I just invite you to do that. Yes. To live an inside out life with God as your source and choose surrender. Mm-hmm. And as Jesus said, and as you surrender, obey. And as you obey and you experience more of the life and healing of God living inside out, that you would be healed and well. Good news for you, good news for the world. Mm-hmm. And then stick with it. Stay. Yeah.